Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. All right, welcome everyone. I am your host, Joe Pavlansky, pop culture historian and writer for Scary Monsters Magazine. Co-hosting, as always, is the maestro of mail-order mysteries and owner of HouseOfTheUnusual.com. The one, the only, Eddie Guevara. Today we have two special guests with us. We have the king of the sea monkeys, Todd Machen. Supreme leader. Supreme Supreme leader. And we have treasure hunter, David Vetnitsky. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Todd, I just want to say I have... um, My sea monkeys are going good that you sent me. Oh, good, good, yeah. Uh, Thank you, I... I feed them again tomorrow will be their second feeding. So they've been going good. So Friday's our feed day too. So yeah. Well, good. Glad to hear it, Joe. Yep. And um, David, it's your, your first time on here with us. Uh, why don't you give everybody a little background about yourself and a um, little introduction, if you will, put sure. you on the spot right off the bat. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm able to handle it, I believe. So um as we all know, Happy New Year to everybody, uh, 2021. And uh, my story uh, for today's purposes is not uh, current, it's in the past. So I'm going to take you back to as far as uh, 1976, when I met a gentleman named Melvin A. Fisher, the greatest treasure hunter in the world. And uh, I had heard about him. Uh, through a school teacher, and he had given me some National Geographics to read about Mel salvaging a fleet off of uh, Fort Pierce and Sebastian Inlet called the 1715 Fleet. And in this National Geographic, when I was a 15-year-old kid in 1976, I literally saw these gold doubloons, pieces of eight, and other treasures, and uh, I wanted to meet Mel Fisher. So I went down to Florida with this gentleman's family, and we went to uh, Mel Fisher's Spanish Galleon Museum. And in 1976, when we arrived there, I don't know if any of you saw the Chevy Chase movie, uh, uh, Wally's World. Uh, There was a scene, actually, with Wally's World is what I'm trying to say. Oh, uh, on the uh, vacation? Yeah, one of those vacation movies. So I got to Mel Fisher's museum, and literally we were going to meet Mel and go in there, and the museum was closed. So it was like the, uh, sorry, folks, park's closed. Did you do the same thing, though? Did you have a gun and made him open it for you? I should have uh, taken Mel on a roller coaster ride with a gun. However, yeah, really? <laughs> he, uh, he helped me out. Mel Fisher came walking down the plank to the uh, Galleon Museum. And uh, he was actually right there, and, and I was staring at him. And uh, my friend, who's also, his name was Mel. He had passed away since that time. However, he said, can David, me, take a picture with you, Mel Fisher? And Mel said, sure. And what happened was Mel Fisher, who liked to smoke his cigarettes, I remember he flicked his cigarette away. He got ready for the picture. And right before we took the picture, Mel Fisher took a gold bar out of his pocket and he plucked it in my hand and my Mel snapped the picture. And if you ever heard of methamphetamines or drugs of any type of addiction, uh, crack cocaine or whatever you want to call it, I was hooked on sunken treasure and I have a picture and I apologize, it's a Kodachrome picture from 1976, and it's very dark and probably difficult to see, but I'm going to do the best I can for the group here. If you're seeing this picture, what you're seeing is the Spanish galleon behind us. Oh, wow. You're seeing Mel Fisher, and you're seeing Dave Vapnitsky at 15 years old, maybe 16, And I'm still that trim currently as we speak. I want you to know that. And there's the gold bar that Mel placed in my hand. Wow. So oh, that's really cool. 
if that doesn't hook a 16-year-old kid, nothing would right there. So. Yeah, that would that would definitely get me going too. I would I mean, I I don't know. All all that I ever got for treasure was was this thing that Eddie gave me, but I I, I have yet to find anything. <laughs> I'm familiar with that treasure map, by the way. Yeah, I I've, I've been all over the place trying to look for stuff and you know, just like the uh, the packages he sent me, there's nothing there. But I think you could uh, vouch for that. Well, I, <laughs> I was fortunate. I um, the treasure hunt that I went on, we we actually really found treasure. But um, just to digress real quick, so obviously I wasn't a diver or working for Mel Fisher. I just got to meet him. And then what happened was when I was 19, maybe 18, I went down to Key West, his, his base of operations, where he was still looking for the Atocha. The Atocha, by the way, was a known Spanish galleon that they thought to be located off the Marquesas Keys of Florida, Key West. And um, it was purported to have 400 to 600 million dollars in treasure on board and that's known through the manifests that were in spain uh so forth and so on and mel at that time had been finding little bits and drabs of the atocha musket balls pot shards but he's still looking for what we call the mother load that that main 36 tons of gold and silver so when I went down there, when I was 19, he still hadn't found the Atocha, but he was looking for it. And anyway, I went there and I, I tried to get a job for them. And when they interviewed me, they would say something like this. Dave, do you have any diesel boat experience? <laughs> and I'm from Queens, New York, Briarwood, Queens, New York. And I was like, no, but I, I've been on a boat. <laughs> I've seen movies with boats. <laughs> I've seen Jaws, and they had a boat in the movie. So um, I didn't have any diesel boat experience with you know diesel uh, engines, Cummings engines, whatever they may have been, Detroit engines. To make a long story short, they said, giving me the best of all opportunities. Do you have any you know deep water diving experience? I said no. They, they, do you have any photography experience? No. Do you have any? probably asked me a couple of other uh, experiences that would be helpful to them. And then they were so kind, they even asked, do you know how to cook? Thinking possibly maybe I could cook for the crew. And I said, I don't know how to cook. And they thanked me very much for coming in and applying. And they said, we really can't hire you. You're, 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 you have no talents in, in our field. You, you could have been used for a bait. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I could have been used as a decoy for the Barracuda. <laughs> so every year I would go down there the next year at 20 and I would apply again and I would get rejected again. And then maybe at 21, I went down there again and I, I would get rejected again. But what I learned was the mistake I was making was as a 20 year old, I had a net worth of $500 to my name. And and in those days, in that time, $500 was a lot of money, at least to me it was. And I would fly on Eastern Airlines, if any of you remember Eastern Airlines, Mm -hmm. down to Key West, Florida. I'd get a motel room in Key West for $49, $59 a night. I'd spend five nights. I'd try to get a job with Mel Fisher. They'd say no. I'd go back to my hotel room. I'd make a vacation out of it. And then, quite frankly, I'd get on my return trip on Eastern Airlines back to New York JFK Airport. And the final year that I went down there, which was 1984, um, I tried something different. I said, I'm not going to buy a return airfare ticket. I'm going to go down there with a army duffel bag, pack my clothes, and 
I have nowhere to live. I'm going to sleep on park benches if need be. And I got down there to the boats and they said, hey, good seeing you. A lot of them had known me by now, but I still wasn't <laughs> hired. And literally, um, I, I slept on park benches. And finally, uh, Mel's son, after hearing that there was a kid from Queens, New York, down there trying to get a job sleeping on benches, he told me, hey, come on, help us paint one of our boats in dry dock. And I helped them do that. And unbeknownst to me, he said, anybody who helped us paint our boat and you were here every day on time, you didn't ask for any money or anything. Well, you're one of our crew members. So I thanked him so kindly. I got on board and I was a crew member of the, the motor vehicle called the Bookmaker. And I was officially now a member of Mel Fisher's Golden Crew. Wow, that uh, I guess the persistence paid off then pretty well. That's going the, back every year. <laughs> that's the advice I give to everybody. You know, if you, I don't know if you're watching this and you're every different person's at a different stage in their lives, but let's assume they're they're trying to get a job with Google or something and they're running into difficulty. My advice to anybody who who has a dream and they want to make that dream come true is exactly uh, Joe, as you said, persistence. And determination is the key because, you know, when I had that one-way ticket home and, and I had that bridge to get back home, it was always easy to accept the, the no job. But when I had no other options, you, you kind of find a new gear to kick it into. And that's what I did. And again, the, the rest is history. Right. So you allowed them to kind of back you into uh you know, to a dead end and you had nowhere to go but forward. And, you know, that's yep. what you did. So you didn't have that, that out. Like you said, you didn't have that say, oh, well, you could just turn around and walk back. Your, your back was already up against the wall because you had nowhere to go. So, well, you had one way. <laughs> one, one good thing about the persistence you guys are talking about. I'm glad you gave me that hope because I got some goldfish in here. I've been trying to, <laughs> I've been trying to see. So I guess if I'm persistent enough, They'll eventually appear. No problem. Are those invisible goldfish? I, I don't know. I mean, that's they told me they're in here, but I can't find them. So go ahead. Finish your story there. Okay. So I'm working for Mel Fisher, and uh, I'm with his son, and we're on the dive boat. The uh, i got to show some pictures if you guys don't mind, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right. Let me, let me go ahead. Go ahead. We'll put you. They're all over the place, so I might have to find them at some point, but find a picture if i can of the boat i was on now, now is, did you only ex exclusively do um you know treasure hunting at sea or did you do anything on land as well on land i had done with this school teacher we had gone to new jersey and we would hunt for sh ancient shark's teeth in a stream bed and we would go hunting for um in Franklin, New Jersey, fluorescent minerals. Okay. So I, I don't consider that serious treasure hunting, but the interest in finding fossils and minerals was there, even as a young kid. But this was the national big time, you know, treasure hunt. This was not a, you know, little thing. Right. But I, did, I did find that picture I was looking for. This is the uh, motor vehicle uh, bookmaker. Oh, wow. That's really nice. That's uh, in birth, uh, you know, in dry dock, and it's a 36-foot Hatteras. It's not a luxury vessel anymore. At this time, it was used for a salvage. And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm there in the red shirt, and uh, that's when I was painting the bottom. You see that blue copper paint you put on there to prevent barnacles and stuff? Yeah. So I had painted that. And then I was helping Kim Fisher, who's now the owner of the company, Treasure Salvers. We were putting mailboxes. You see those aluminum mailboxes at the uh, transom in the back of the boat there? Oh, yeah, yeah. So when you put those on a boat, when you spin the propeller and the boat is anchored at four points, it blows prop wash water down to the ocean floor and it blasts, let's say, a 20-foot hole in the sand. And all the gold and silver that was laying on the sand 400 years ago 
went down to bedrock and that's how you find treasure it's laying on the bedrock oh wow so, okay so, so when so tell us a story then when you actually went and did i remember seeing on television in fox news at two o'clock in the morning they said they're lifting up over one billion dollars not one million one billion dollars in gold and i saw them carrying it in white buckets that's correct five gallon paint i remember seeing that well i'll show you exactly what was happening so what happened was when we talk about the atocha and if we go forward to it's being found that's called the cultural main deposit and what's the cultural main deposit of the atocha that simply means that you've that simply means that means that you've found 36 tons of gold and silver so I'll give you That's some just, examples. I can't even think of that. Well, I can imagine Todd sitting on that. Oh man! <laughs> well, here here's an example. This is a, a life size sea monkey king. <laughs> well, the, the the problem. Is, hold on a second. Let's bring sure. that. Hold on. Bring that up again. There. Sure. The problem is that Todd is the supreme ruler, so he should be able to. Wow. That's where you guys came across. That's on the boat. And we we put them in that position. They were they were found with in the coral and in the in the the ocean no, is, floor. Is that all gold? Those are gold bars. I'm gonna show you a Holy replica. Moly. I'm gonna show you a replica of one. Uh, I always disclose whether it's a real item or not. But I'm gonna show you a replica of one of those bars. But those are 165 gold bars that were found on the Atocha, and today. When they come to auction, they sell for $125,000, $186,000, Wow. So, so there's wow. a couple of million right there. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take two of them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, David, well, now, yes, what, sir. So this was, your, this was your first time out on this boat with these people? Well, I was working... Before the Atocha motherlode was found, the okay. uh, bookmaker, the boat I showed you, before we put the mailboxes on it, we were primarily doing what was called magging. We were looking for the Atocha, which means we were dragging a proton magnetometer behind the boat. So, oh, one of those. I think I have one somewhere behind. <laughs> if you got a proton magnetometer, that's, that's how you find shipwrecks because they... So they, what, what is what is that? What, what, it, what is a proton magnetometer? Yeah, real quick for it, us that don't know what it is. It's, it's literally, to make it easy, it's a metal detector that's towed behind a boat. Okay. But, but what it does is if there's a big iron anchor, it mm -hmm. detects a, an anomaly in the Earth's magnetic you know, uh, frequency. Oh, and okay. You then throw over a buoy and check it out. And if you find an old Spanish galleon anchor, you're you're doing pretty good, by the way, because that's maybe I, where where the uh, mother load is going to be. I see that in the Oak Island Treasure that I watch every week, and I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it in action. Yeah. So anyway, here here's one of wow. those. Here's one of those bars. This is a uh, a Tocha, a gold bar, but this is a replica right here. So now what? Wanna... Now if, what do you if mean you a replica? If you what? were to find that, what would what are those markings on it? Well, it's kind of maybe hard to see. I don't know, but if you can, so for example, there will be like an XX one over okay. here. So can you see an XX one? Yeah, literally twenty one and a gram carat purity. So they had the purity mark on the bar. Oh, wow. If you can see, like, the outline of a seal, a round seal here, mm -hmm. that's the tax stamp that the king took his 20% tax stamp. <laughs> the, 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 the sea king, monkey king. The, the sea monkey king. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you see these bites over here? Like, there's a piece missing from the bar? Yeah. They, 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 they assayed it you know, to make sure the purity was right. And also sometimes the king took his, his I, cut. Took I, a little bit extra. I <laughs> thought it was, I thought it was one of the baby sea monkeys bit it. Okay. No problem. 
And then, for example, they'll be on there in Rada, which is literally where it was mined and minted this particular bar. Okay. So they had markings such as purity, tax stamps, uh, assayers' bites, and, and markings, and then in Rada showing where the bar was made. That's but really cool. This was the kind of bar that Mel Fisher would walk around with in his pocket. And literally, if he met an investor who wanted to invest in the Atocha hunt, Mel would take this bar out and say, put your hand out. I, I want to show you something. And then again, plop it in their hand like he did with me. And then this is the kind of stuff that, that you know really turns people on and stuff like that. But... Can I'm you sorry. get those replicas? I mean, can you buy those replicas? Not anymore. This was one that they had made from an actual uh, Atocha gold bar. And this is a, a really good cast copy made of brass. And then they stopped producing these. I don't know why particularly, but they're pretty cool. And they're, yeah. they're you know, they're heavy. And, you know, <laughs> sound good. But I'm going to show you a silver bar, by the way. That's literally 86 pounds. And oh, wow. when, I, when I do that, that's not a replica. That 86-pound bar that I have here that I'll show is literally 400 years old. Let me, uh, 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 let me. Let me, yeah, let me. <laughs> hold on a second. Let me, let me wipe my, my mouth there <laughs> real ahead, quick. Man, and, go ahead. Well, the, the problem would be, quite frankly, lifted. When I was younger, uh, it was pretty easy to lift. But uh, as I got older, it's it's more difficult. Uh, I just want to find one of the pictures to show you what the uh, what we call the mother load looks like. So the mother load was we had brought into the museum the uh, thirty six tons of gold and silver. So the actual bar that I'm going to show you could have been one of these. Wow. But this was Mel Fisher's Key West <clears throat> Museum. And literally, there's a sign there that says, a touch of bars and please do not touch. But that's about four feet high of bars stacked like cordwood all around wow. the entire museum. Wow. And each of these bars today go for $55,000. Oh. They contain approximately $30,000 in pure melt silver. But for an artifact value, you multiply that by 1.52 of melt and you come up with about 55000 So imagine here's a man who spent 16 years of his life looking for this treasure. And now he's got gold, silver bars. And then these are really cool also. These are actual treasure chests. And I know a lot of the viewers oh, might wow. be saying, what the hell is that? And <laughs> what, what you're actually seeing is silver turns black under the ocean from corrosion. Silver becomes silver sulfide. And what you're seeing here is this is a, a treasure chest. Those are actually all coins clumped together, and that's the whole chest of coins. And there's other chests of coins in, that, in those photographs as well. Oh, wow. So 11 chests of coins were found. They had 3,000. They were put in 1,000-coin bags of canvas, and then each 1,000-coin bag was put in a box, so there'd be 3,000 coins in a box. And that's 3,000 coins. Those coins today I sell for anywhere from 800, if there's very little detail on the coin, up to $6,000 for a silver coin from the Atocha, if there's a lot of details on the coins visible. <coughs> so those are, wow, those are called, and those are pieces of eight, by the way. That's what that's called. All right, are we ready to show the silver bar? Let's see it. We got you. We got a drum roll screen here. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to uh, do it without pulling my back or uh, eighty six pounds. Yeah, you 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 know what you could do? Have it, and we'll uh, we'll have you hold. Send it to us. 
and this way you don't have to pull your back. Yeah, I should. I should I'll, really. I should I'll put really, it behind my my Frankenstein collection here. You know, Frankenstein's pretty strong. I should really just lift up the uh, the camera here, as opposed to lifting up go. the bar. But I'm I'm gonna do it the stupid way. So anyway, here we go. Let me try. And if this falls on my foot, I'll be leaving <laughs> the airwaves to go to the hospital for a little while. All right. Oh, so, wow. This, wow, that's huge. That's a wow. This bar, and I'm going to turn it. That is definitely a lot bigger than I than they looked in that that picture. Yeah, that's huge. Holy crap. That's like a, a cinder block. <laughs> wow. Well, it is it is the size of a cinder block and it's also very thick. So you can see here when looking at the back and it has some numbers on the back which yeah. are the the treasure salvers numbers. But these bars have all those similar markings that the gold bar had, but this is a real one. And you'll know it's a real one when I do this. I'll just drop wow. it down there. And it's just let me let me ask you a question. Since you have um see my face is red. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you this question now, Dave. Yes, sir. Now you you basically have this one piece, right? What is the story behind the Atocha? Like, what type of ship was it? I know it's a Spanish galleon, but what type of ship was it in its day? Well, it was the armored car. So if you've ever seen Loomis or Wells Fargo or Brinks, right, the armored car, it was the armored car of its day. So the Atocha was the rear guard ship. The fleet may have had 12 galleons in there. But one of them was the rear guard ship. If the fleet was attacked, they would fend off with cannon. And the rear guard ship, the Atocha, and her sister ship, the Margarita, carried basically the bulk of the treasure. Gotcha. And uh, that's how Mel Fisher got to keep the Atocha, because Spanish galleons have been found today, but Spain actually claims them as a warship and the lore of the sea today in 2021 is if a warship is found the treasure aboard goes back to the state or the government that originally owned it i was just about to ask you why but you answered the question before i did so go ahead <laughs> so why i've always thought of Mel Fisher as sort of a hero in that 16 year period that we were talking about earlier when he was finding dribs and drabs of the Atocha a couple of million here a couple of million here before finding the 400 million literally the state of Florida came in and took all the treasure away from him they said you do not own this And Mel Fisher and his lawyers said, well, what do you mean? We've been looking for it, and it's out here in the ocean, you know, far from land. It's not, you know, within the three-mile limits of the uh, the borders of the United States. So what do you mean we don't own it? And they said, the treasure belongs to the state of Florida. It belongs in a museum. You have no right to it. And they took it. So Mel took the state of Florida to court. And in that court hearing, he prevailed and he won. The state of Florida did not own the treasures that he was recovering from the Atocha. And he was celebrating. And then not too far after that, he received a, I guess, subpoena. And the federal marshals came down there and they said, where the Fed? not the state of Florida, the federal government, that Atocha was not in state waters. That's why the, you, you won it, Mel, but it's in federal waters. So we, <laughs> we, it's ours. Somebody's got to get it, right? Somebody's got to get it. And the, the federal government 
literally took the treasure away from Mel Fisher and the state of Florida. And now the federal government owned the treasure. So in the end, Mel Fisher went to the Supreme Court and in a precedent setting 5-4 ruling, the Supreme Court ruled that because it had been abandoned for so long, and in those days they didn't say this, but they, they might as well, we, we now know this to be true, because the Atocha was not a warship of Spain, it was a privately owned ship carrying merchants' gold, Spain could not claim it because Spain didn't theoretically own that ship. The, the owner of the ship owned it, and he lost it, and maybe they had insurance back then or whatever, but <laughs> he lost it. And, it. and quite frankly, this is the one and only time, maybe the last time, a shallow water billion-dollar shipwreck, it, it was finders keepers. And right. the, the, the Fisher family today is still salvaging the Atocha, and they are the legal owners of that shipwreck. Now, David, what, um, real quick, what sure. do, do they know what caused the Atocha to, to sink? Was it weather? Was it, um, yeah, it was uh, pirates or no, no, it was the, the a... weight, the weight of the gold, the weight <laughs> of the gold, it was too heavy, man. <laughs> well, that's you know, you're not wrong, Eddie. The, the, um, <clears throat> storm, the Atocha was sunk in a hurricane, by the way, and then hit the reefs and broke up. But um, you're not too wrong in the sense that these galleons with the tons of gold and silver and the ballast stone, they were at the mercy of a hurricane, you know, when the mizzen mast broke and stuff like that, and they lost their ability with the rudder to steer and stuff. They They were goners. And it's fascinating just to talk about, you know, human beings and stuff like that but this is a replica by the way but it's a replica that is exactly the size of the links and the length is exactly one that mel used to wear around key west <laughs> and he was famous with this particular chain because what he would do is when he for example went on the johnny carson show he said to Johnny Carson, and you can see this, it's a historic uh, video of Mel Fisher on the Johnny Carson show. He told Johnny Carson to put his hand out and he said, I'm going to give you gold fever. And what Mel would do is, and you're going to maybe hear it if, it if it picks it up, but he would dribble the gold chain in their hand like this. And then he'd keep going and he'd say, gold never rusts or turns green. And then he'd always drop it from about this height right here. So it made this sound. And that sound of the, the pure heavy gold chain. So Johnny Carson says, how much does this weigh? And Mel Fisher says, it weighs about a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So Johnny Carson even laughed, like you gentlemen did, because Johnny Carson asked him, how much does this weigh? And Mel Fisher thought on the spot of saying, as he was so good at, he said, it weighs about a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, that's great. So that was a, a classic. And I'll show you, there's a picture of me wearing this very chain. And we were at auction in New York City at Christie's New York. And um, it's one of the only pictures where Mel, who always wore this chain around his neck, I actually asked him, you know, could I wear it? And he, he knew me, I was one of his workers. And he put the chain around my neck and I walked away from him. <laughs> and I literally went like over there. And you know, this was the big Christie's reception hall. And here I am, in 1988 holy moly that chain's huge <laughs> that, that chain literally is the is the same one i showed you is the same size the the replica but this is the real one that i'm wearing and this chain i'm six foot one six foot two this chain goes from my neck wow there's, there's actually two of them but the the bigger one it goes from my neck 
to just about my kneecaps yeah. in the picture there. Wow. That is crazy. And if you can see on the board in the background there, it says, Christie's welcomes Mel Fisher and his golden crew. And it says, tomorrow's the day. So what we were doing was we were auctioning off our treasure or our division, as it was called. So the divers put in silver bars and coins and whatever, whoever wanted to sell some stuff. But this was at the Christie's auction house in 1988. Wow, that's amazing. That's a huge chain. I mean, a, qu a quick question. <laughs> I couldn't imagine wearing that. D Dave, what happened to the actual <clears throat> chain? Did they auction it off? Mel and Dio Fisher, Mel Fisher's wife, have passed away. And yes, there was a, a Gurney's auction house in New York City had the uh, Mel and Dio Fisher auction where they sold some of their belongings and that chain went for sale. And uh, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, I think it sold for $160,000. Wow. I, I should have bought it. Hey, Todd, you should have told me, man. Should, yeah. Hey, hey, David, what about lives lost on that ship? And when you were, were was there anything like that that was recovered? In terms of bones or anything yeah. like that? No. Uh, I don't know the exact biology, but sea worms and, and whatever else happens to human bodies uh, for 400 years, yeah. there, there was nothing ever preserved of uh, human bones or anything of that type. Everything that we found was metal. Well, there's porcelain and, and terracotta, which are olive jars, and you know that material survives as well. But yeah, there were there were 265 people aboard the Atocha. All but five of them perished. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and the five of them that survived, they lashed themselves to the mizzen mast that was sticking up. The Atocha sank in 60 feet of water. They climbed up the mizzen mast and they lashed themselves and it was like sticking out of the water, barely. And the storm blew through and they they survived. They were they were not drowned. And they were, in this particular case, slaves. And one of the slaves, when they brought them aboard gal the boat, I'm sorry, that had rescued them, uh, the slave was sent to a Marshall, and the reason he was sent to a marshal was he had emeralds in his pocket. And how could a slave have Colombian Muzo emeralds in his pocket? He's a slave, he doesn't have anything. And he says, Before the Atocha broke up, I went and knew where the captain and I brought on a 60 pound box of raw, uncut. Muzo Colombian emeralds. So they court martialed him and they hung him and he <laughs> he, he didn't live. But anyway, Jeez. Mel Fisher knew about this and he'd always <laughs> thought there'd be a, emeralds on the Atocha. So what we started to do as divers is we worked the the sand and we vacuumed up the sand and brought it up to a boat and sift through the sand. And to this day, I think they found uh, three to six pounds of raw emerald. Wow. But if there's literally that 60 pound number found, if that number is found, everybody always says the Atocha is worth $400 million. If they find 50 pounds of raw, uncut Muzo Colombian emeralds that should be still scattered down there, the Atocha will go over a billion dollars in value. Wow. Hold on. Wow. Let me see. That's what the emeralds? That's that's one particular emerald laying on a bunch of other emeralds. Wow. But if you know about emeralds, if you see the size and the clarity of that emerald right there, that's the type that's $20,000 per carat. 
Wow. So if that's a 20 carat stone right there, that's $400,000 for that one emerald. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what treasure looks like. <laughs> well, I, I kind of uh, towers over my $8 comic book. You guys could see in the background. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it's, it's not the, you know, here, here's, here's a quick thing. And, and it's so important. I think to talk about, you know, Mel Fisher, when you look him up today, literally, his net worth now he's passed away but they do show that people you know even elvis presley's making money these days by the way so literally if you look up mel fisher's net worth he's got a hundred million dollars at his passing and the greatest thing about this was if you got to know mel fisher which i did i'm going to show you just some pictures of me and him diving on the atocha site and this is really cool because remembering my story, I was just glad to meet him and, and see him like, like a movie star. So when I got to know him, here's me and he at Christmas time and we're playing chess <laughs> oh, at, nice. his, at his house. And he was really cool because even before the game started, he had a, a good thing, which I was told he did to everybody. He'd say, do you give up yet? <laughs> and you didn't even make your first move. I'm going to have to use that. I play chess with a buddy every week and on a, an app and I'm going to next time we start a game, I'm going to use that. I'll teach you two I'll teach you two Mel Fisher tricks. So one was you say do you give up yet before the guy even touches the first piece. And then the second thing he did was right here he was losing the game. And his daughter called, come on, guys, we're, you know, dinner's ready. It was Christmas dinner. And uh, I think we were going to continue the game. And he purposely stood up and I saw him kick the table with his knee. <laughs> and every single piece that was on that board fell down and moved around. And uh, that's what Mel Fisher did. He, he kicked the uh, table with his knee. <laughs> That was that was one heck of a head of hair too, there, David. Oh yeah, I'll show I'll show you another picture with my head of hair. You still have a head of hair. Yeah, that's I do. Awesome. That yeah, me awesome. and Todd, we kind of like you know lost it with the sea monkeys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my my hair happens to be a different color than it was when it was jet black. Yeah, but here's here's me and Mel. Yeah, that we're over the Atocha site and. I think I had just come up from diving and, you know, we just, I asked somebody, could you take a picture of me and Mel? And there's me and Mel over the Atocha site. Now, how many miles off of the coast was that site? 40 miles. Oh, that far. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you, behind that picture there with Mel, it looked like a hangman's noose. Is that what you guys use for cursed gold? <laughs> That's yeah, it does. I said maybe that's because somebody's hanging back there. <laughs> no, it's actually just holding up one of those prop deflectors. That's those aluminum prop deflectors. So that's what's actually back there, but that's what that is. And then here's a picture of us at the dive ladder. And I don't rem recall what item I had found, but you see me handing something to Kim Fisher in this photograph. And uh, Mel is, is staring at it. So it must have been something pretty good because Mel saw over his lifetime probably every valuable artifact being recovered. So if he was kind of looking at it, it must have been something good, which I don't recall what it was. But I found it and I'm handing it up and bringing it aboard right in that picture right there. Now, now David, what was the average uh, depth that you guys would go? The beauty of the Atocha was she sank in uh, 60 feet of water, but uh, some parts of the Atocha scattered to shallow areas of the what's called the quicksands out by the Marquesas Keys. And literally, uh, there were 
dives in as little as 10 feet of water to find some of the Atocha. As a Spanish bronze cannon from the Atocha, by the way. And quite frankly, that's my favorite. Everybody always talks about these beautiful gold and artifacts and jewelry. And my favorite thing would be to own an Atocha, which I don't, by the way. I'd like to own this particular Atocha bronze cannon. Not only is it gorgeous, but it still has the coral around the dolphin lifts in the center there. There's some coral down the barrel. And this was right in the front of Mel's Museum in Key West. And so many hundreds of thousands of people have been to this museum that literally you can see the top where they touched it just to be able to touch a bronze cannon from the Atocha. Yeah. Look, at it, look at how the beautiful bronze is worn. Right. And, you know, the, the, the green patina area on the side is still visible, but the top and the, the muzzle there, the, the, the very front, well, that, that's from hundreds of thousands well, of people. Well, here, Dave, you had the, the exercise in carrying 86-pound <clears throat> bars that I'm sure you spent the week doing. Yeah, the you, red, you, the, you couldn't have grabbed the cannon and ran? <laughs> I mean, there was a chance. You had a chance, Dave. No, you you can't grab that cannon and run. I, I forgot how many tons they weigh. By the way, I, I've been well, to St. Augustine, Florida, and I can tell you those cannons are huge. And it, it it's you would not run with that. You need a truck to get that out of there. Hey, I want to show you just some of the uh, more uh, easy things that individuals can own from the Atocha, as opposed to. You can't own a cannon from the Atocha, and you can't own typically a silver bar or a gold bar. They're usually cost prohibitive, but this is kind of neat. There were maybe about five to seven people in the world who ever did what I'm doing right here. This is actually one of those bags of a thousand coins that came from a treasure chest, and I'm actually breaking the silver coins out of concretion there's the the concretion of the chest on the table there's a mallet over there and you use a rubber mallet you break the coins out so i have about a hundred silver pieces of eight in my hand and then they go through a reverse electrolysis where basically they're cleaned up and you get that black off of there and they they don't look shiny and silver you don't want them to look that way but you do get them to the point where they look like silver, maybe uh-huh. a dullish gray silver, but mm-hmm. silver. And this is actually cleaning a treasure chest from the Atocha. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. When you say treasure chest, did they actually have chest? Yeah, there were remnants of wood that surrounded the, 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 the coins, and they still preserved some of that, but for the most part, the wood had rotted away and just the chest of coins fused <clears throat> together were left down on the ocean floor. Yeah, because I'm under the impression, I think I read that in reality, there was never really a real treasure chest. They did find one. They have one in the St. Augustine, uh, Florida Museum, uh, which weighs like 500 pounds and, you know, it's a steel chest. But I was just wondering if they ever really did find a treasure chest. Is, is no. that that that's a lot of TV movie stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm not saying, by the way, that there wasn't a ship that in the captain's quarters may not have been, you know, a a treasure chest like that, and he had his personal belongings in it. But when you talk of a Spanish galleon, typically the coins were being shipped in mass quantities. They were put in wood chests. The wood rotted away, and th- this is this is what a treasure chest looks like. And that might not look so valuable or appealing as, as maybe the gold. But remember, when each of those coins are cleaned up and they're sold down at the museum gift shop for, you know, $1,200, $2,600, whatever, the, <laughs> the coin, you, you, you do a couple of hundred thousand coins, do the math and multiply that. And again, you're up into the millions. Dave, I know you've been selling them for years. You want to tell our audience who watches if they can, if somebody wants to get a piece of a torch of gold? 
Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. Um, my daughter uh, gets her Christmas presents and her Nike sneakers when somebody buys a piece of treasure <laughs> from me. <laughs> so I'm going to show you what it looks like. So here, for example, this is a certificate of authenticity. And these were from the original 1985 finds of the mother load of the Atocha. So the company is Treasure Salvers, Certificate of Authenticity. They'll always have Mel Fisher's signature, and they'll have an embossed seal over his uh, signature, his name. At this point, so many coins were found. These were just laser jet. And then they, they embossed it. But in the earlier certificates from 1976, he actually signed them by hand because there weren't that many found. But for the viewers out there, I'm just going to give you two examples. So a coin like this, and Joe, I, I can give you one if you want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, come on. Great. Where's Eddie, Eddie, you want a coin? Of course. <clears throat> <laughs> so... I'm going to take it out of the flip. This is this is what I recommend for most people. This is somebody who says, "Hey, I want a coin from the Atocha, but you know, I'm like like anybody else. I got a budget, so you get a coin like this, and literally, you're seeing the shield of uh, kill. Uh, sorry, Philip the Third, King of wow. Spain. Oh, wow! And this is a piece of eight. And when you turn it over, there's a cross with lions and castle. And literally, this coin was on the outside of a chest. So what you're seeing is the corrosion and deterioration of the coin that allows you not to see as much detail as one might think is what okay. I love about these coins because this is the way a 400-year-old treasure coin should look. Should look, yeah. You know, if somebody ever comes up to you and they're peddling coins from a, a Spanish galleon and every one of them looks like brand new shiny silver, <laughs> you, you, you know they're coming straight out of China. And you know it's real. coming from House of the Unusable yeah. with Eddie. <laughs> hey, a, an authentic replication from House of the Unusual. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful coin, though, Dave. That's that's really cool. It is, but I'll show you an authentic, another authentic one. But I'll quickly show a picture. So this is another. This is a photograph of one I have in a safety deposit box. But this is what the same type of coin, which is a piece of eight from the Atocha, looks like. But when they call it a grade one, you get to see all these kind of details. That's so, really, really detailed. Correct. And a coin like this would have come from the center of the chest as opposed to it being on the exterior. So everybody loves these kind of coins. And when I tell them they're $3,600, they, wow. kind of, they kind of step back into the crowd. <laughs> I already did in my television screen. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, that's an now. What, now, what do the what do the other coins sell for the one that you just showed us with the the less detail? That coin is nine hundred dollars. So, hey Todd, I need a uh, a quick loan. <laughs> You're the supreme ruler of sea monkeys. Maybe you can get them together. And I'll show you this one. This is really nice. This is a real authentic coin from the Atocha with certificate and again it just to show you how the details can be much better this is called a two real it's a smaller coin it's a smaller denomination so just like we had morgan dollars and we had 50 cent pieces and we have quarters the spaniards had two reals four reals and eight reals or pieces <clears throat> of eight so this is a two real and this is called a lima diego it was made in lima but just look at the detail on this one. Oh, wow. When you see those cross and lions. That's really cool. That's cool. 
So this is a grade one. And this being a rare coin in Key West, if you literally go to Mel Fisher's Treasure Museum, this coin is sold for $12,000. Wow. Eddie, I need a loan. I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> I think if we all put our money in together, <laughs> we can buy one. We could, we could buy that cheap $900 one and still need some extra money. <laughs> now, yeah, ha, ha, what about appreciation on the value of these things, David? That's my favorite question, by the way, lately, because it's amazing. You know, as a non-licensed SEC security person uh, selling this stuff, uh-huh. I, I hold, my whole life, I've always, since I got my very first coins from the Atocha in Division or traded for something else with other people and got treasure coins in, in, in lieu of something else, Make a long story short, every time somebody bought one from me, I always told them, don't don't buy these things as an investment. Buy it because, you know, it's a piece of history and you're telling me you love the Atocha story and you've seen right. it on National Geographic and you just want to own one, an authentic one, and they want to buy it from a real diver. They don't want to buy it from eBay where there are some replicas and fakes on eBay. And, right. and I could tell you what people are doing, but quite frankly... Obviously, everything I have is is certainly genuine, but I would sell coins years ago to people for $600 that were grade ones. And today, not that they're ever going to, but if they were kind enough to offer those coins back to me, which is a coin (laughs) I would sell for $3,200, imagine (laughs) if I can buy them back at $600. They've they've certainly appreciated because remember the Atocha was found in 1985, so if that's 36 years ago or so, basically there's no more out on the market. Yeah, they're very hard to find. People now, uh, wear well, them. We, now, we David, are, we're we're coming up on. We got about three minutes here. We're we're really uh, getting to the end. Um, yeah, so real quick, where could people um find your your coins or how are they able to to purchase them from you? Well. I'm I'm not afraid to even give a phone number or a email. And, you know what? We'll have it on the link, so you don't have to even worry. You don't have to put it. We're going to put it in the link, and it's right. going to be there in, in the body of the story. So what else would you like to say in closing? Well, I'm going to show you uh, my favorite item, and this was uh, a gold ring. Made of 18 karat gold that was smelted from a gold bar. And it was given to the divers that were there called the Golden Crew. And this is called a Golden Crew Divers Ring. Oh, wow. It was given to us by Mel Fisher. And basically, if you see there, it says Atocha Golden Crew. And if you think of the whatever team in any year, the 49ers, whatever your yeah. team is, but when they win the Super Bowl, they get their Super Bowl ring. That's what so out of when you go to that link and, and you buy an Atocha coin or you want to buy an Atocha silver bar or you want to buy an Atocha anything, I'd love to talk to you and tell you what I got. And you can buy some things, but I always joke with people, this is the, the one thing that upon my passing – I will never have been sold. It'll go to my my daughter and stay in my family, I hope, forever. But uh, that's something I'm very proud of. And that that's the end of the story. The beginning that's was trying, great, to, trying to get the yeah, job. Well, and the end, awesome. the end was getting it. Yeah, definitely a, a, a beautiful ring. And, you know, Dave, thanks for coming on, on and give a, giving us your story. We're, we got about a minute left here. So so we're going to close it down here. And, um Again, thank you for coming on. Todd, as always, thank you for coming on and joining us. And uh, everybody out there listening, thank you. Head over to houseoftheunusual.com. We have a free forum site there you could join, um, interact. Todd's always on there, you know, doing his stuff and and posting some cool pictures and all that and going back and forth with Eddie. So 
Uh, also, check us out on uh, Instagram and especially YouTube, where this video will be up along with our our past videos. So, 30 seconds left. Thanks, everybody, for, for showing up tonight and uh, giving a great uh, podcast, video cast here. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night, all.